Hey friend, like it or not, work consumes our time. And let's be honest, work often consumes us. Studies show we spend nearly one third of our lives working, which accumulates to an average of 90,000 hours, which adds up to 13 years of your life. And for those of us entrepreneurs or solopreneurs who most likely put in more than a 40 hour week, especially when you're getting started or when you're hitting that next level of business success, it's easy for business to take over our life and our heart. Most days, many people feel like walking out on their boss to build their own business. But let's be honest, for those of us building a business, many days, we want to throw in that towel too, and just head off to an island where no one can find us. (laughs) Don't you agree? Yet God does not whisk us off to heaven the moment we're saved. He's still got something for us in the time in the in-between, and a good portion of that involves our work. Hard work is just that, hard. But he not only calls us to our work, he calls us to work well and glorify him in it, which given enough time will lead to some level of success, shouldn't it? So since it's not going away this side of glory, how can we have a right theology of work and success and not let either take the place of God? AKA become an idol of our heart. I'm here for it today and in it. Are you? Let's do the work of how to rightly pursue business growth success with him. Did you know busy is not just a disordered calendar or to-do list. It's a disordered heart and a well-ordered life flows from a well-ordered heart that's focused on him. Welcome to the redeem her time podcast the go-to place for busy Christian women juggling all the things in midlife and business. From launching kids to aging parents, caring for your needs to serving your clients, investing in relationships to serving in your community. Oh, and keeping up with the laundry, the dishes, and the dirty floors. Honestly, it's a lot to balance. No wonder you feel like you never have enough time. All the time management gurus out there will tell you you just need to get more organized. And chances are you've tried all the things, the planners, the programs, the all start Monday plans, but they never worked at least not for very long. That's because those don't get to the heart of your busyness here. You'll learn how to build a with God life and business and go from busyness to fruitfulness in this season. And it starts in your heart, not in your calendar. Hey, I'm Lissa Christian time management expert, priorities protector, recovering should do list girl. I've been leading, teaching, and coaching Christian women for over 25 years, and I've been right where you are, controlled by all the shuns, expectations, obligations, and distractions. But then God showed me how to redeem my time with faith at the center to let who I am and whose I am guide how I use my time. I'm here to share with you how to use his truth along with time management tools to discover You really do have all the time you need for what you're called to. You just need someone to show you the way. Open up your heart and calendar, because I'm going to show you how to redeem your time and stop believing there's never enough. Are you ready? Hey friend, before we look at how to manage our workload at home and in our business and feel burdened by all our first world work issues, can we pause to take a look at the work that women are doing on the other side of the world. This will be my fourth time walking the main streets and back alleys of a city in Central Asia. And each time I go, I cannot not see how different their work is. 
First of all, at around 3 a.m., a whole army of older women in their long skirts and headscarves don construction orange pennies and grab a stick broom, yes, a stick broom, and literally sweep the streets before dawn while there is little traffic. It's true. I didn't believe it the first three times I saw it either. Then, these women don't just go home to enjoy a well-deserved cup of coffee with their feet up while they catch up on the latest episode of their favorite show and wait for dinner to be delivered. Nor do the younger women who are at home getting kids up and going. Depending on their income level and living conditions, now, so far, I've mostly observed life in the city, and I know it's far different out in those remote villages. They have to boil water for tea rather than push a button on a Keurig. They legit have to make a pot of something for breakfast rather than popping something in a toaster or microwave. Then wash the laundry, often by hand in a tub or a stream, not in a Maytag, then hang it on the line to dry while they start the pot to prepare lunch. And then, in the more modern parts of the city, women are off to a full day's work, only to come home to having to finish and serve dinner, clean up the kitchen, fold and put away the laundry, fluff the floor cushions, and, at some point, well after dark, fall into a bed on the floor, only to get up and do it all over again. Talk about hard work. Girl, we've got it easy here in the West. And those women who don't go off to work still rarely pause from working in their homes, often finding skills they can use to make additional income for their families, like sewing bags and purses. That's what life is like for the women that Helping Hands is supporting. And that's why we, as a Redeem Her Time community, are partnering with them to help provide the resources they need to see a return for their work. Helping Hands is providing classes to teach sewing and business skills and providing a platform where these women can sell their bags outside of their communities so that women like you and like I can purchase them. And in coming alongside these women and their work and business, this organization is providing support for the challenges they face in life, especially those they face as women who do not receive the thanks, the compensation, or the respect that we are accustomed to here. Many of them are in very difficult marriages and family situations, and ultimately, They need Jesus as their savior for eternity and their sustainer in the here and now. So will you help me help them? It's not more than a minute's worth of work. Just leave a review of the Redeem Her Time podcast. Easy peasy, right? Have you already left a review? If so, thank you. Instead, you can share an episode or the show with your social or a friend, and then post a picture of a screenshot inside the Redeem Her Time community. And for each review or share, I will add $5 to the money I'll be taking over when I fly over in just two weeks. How easy it is for us to spend $5 and not think twice about it. I recently heard a friend that you can't, from a friend, you can't even get a cup of your favorite coffee drink for that these days. But $5 goes a long way there. And it's not wasted on frou-frou things that don't really matter. So whether this is the first time you're hearing me ask you to help me help them or You've heard it a few times already, but you haven't done it. I want to challenge you to put the needs of others before your own. Together, let's all push pause, scroll down to leave a review, or write a quick text or post, and then hit send. And then when you're done, come back here, and we'll hit play again, and we'll take a look at our work through our business and the place that it has in our hearts. Okay, are you back? I just want to say thank you for taking the time to help me help them and for helping me help more busy Christian women like you 
who desire to be faithful in building their God-given business, find this podcast. Because we're not talking about time management and business growth like the world does. We're doing it with God. Yes, it's easier for us on this side of the world to make the time to grow our business, but oftentimes we don't because we let the work of everyday life take over. So we never really put in the work hours or we do the opposite. We never know when to turn work off. So we keep going until late into the night and miss out on the other things that God has called us to neither working too much on keeping up the house or too much on building our businesses are working with all our heart to glorify him. In fact, they often reveal we're doing it in our own strength for our own purpose. More on that in a minute. But before we get into what I promised you on this episode about the right place that work and success should have in our hearts, let me invite those of you who already have a business to apply to the Redeemed Midlife CEO. It's for those of us who know we're called to build a successful God-given business, but we don't want it to be our end all or the end of it all. Don't you agree? Inside, we look at how to build a business with God one that works well and results in a successful level of impact and income so that not only do we grow in our faith, but we also inspire and invite others to do their life and work with him too. Now, I'm not going to lie. This 12 month group experience is not for everyone, especially the faint hearted because we dive into where our business is and where God is calling us to grow and how to do what's necessary not all the things that are an accumulation of recommendations of others, including the gurus. We learn how to create a bigger with God business vision, set the right kind of with God goals that we actually achieve and save time by streamlining our with God workflows and plans to not just keep the business afloat, but to get it sailing smoothly and efficiently in the right direction. And all that doesn't happen apart from a commitment to your business, as well as a right system and support to help move, mentor, and motivate you in your business journey. So if that's you, and you not only want to grow your impact and income, but also do it in a way that glorifies God with your time and work, I invite you to apply at redeemhertime.com forward slash coaching, or click the link in the show notes. And let's see if this program can help you grow in both your life, business, and faith. And as your coach, I promise to work hard and to help you do your work for the glory of God. I can't wait to learn all about the work that you're called to in your business and see the fruitfulness that comes from working with God and other like-minded women who are also called to a business. As a redeemed midlife CEO, my prayer is that God would establish the work of your hands, especially since you spend so much of life doing it. Speaking of which, let's take a look at a right theology of success and work aka what God thinks and how he designed it to be successful. You see, way back in Genesis, actually in Genesis 2.15, God put man in the garden to work it. And we all know that God designs very good things. In fact, Adam and Eve were put together as a partnership so they could work and worship better together. But what happened? Sin entered the picture. And did you notice that a lot of the curse for sin has to deal with our work, which is now broken. It's painful. It's full of weeds. It causes us to sweat. It's ongoing literally until we return to the ground. Yes, we will spend most of our life working. And here's the tug of war we constantly feel. We feel guilty when we don't do enough in our work, 
but resentful when we do too much. Can you relate? So what does God think about work, especially now that it's broken? Well, guess what? God still redeems it, and he calls us to work with him. Right now in the Redeemed Midlife CEO, we are reading the book, The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan. And I love that before he talks about rest, he first talks about work in chapter one. And he points out a really interesting story that you're probably very familiar with, and so was I, from Luke 5, when Jesus meets some of his soon-to-be disciples in their daily work. What I love is that he actually literally gets into the boat with these fishermen and then has them go out into the sea where they do their work. And from there, he turns it into a pulpit to teach the people who are sitting on shore. And then after he's done teaching, what does he do? He helps them do their work, which is catching fish. And here's the best part of it is that with him in the boat, they get so many fish that their nets are breaking. Now, Have you ever found it strange that Jesus bothered to fill their nets when he was just about to give them a new job offer, right? I love what the author had to say about this and about work and what Jesus values. He says this, it's not about Jesus valuing more fishing for men over fishing for fish, but it's the fact that this story is all about calling. If Jesus calls you to be a fisher of fish, then do it with all your heart because he says so. But if he calls you elsewhere, then do that without looking back. And don't be afraid because he said so. The rest of scripture goes on to point out that God values work. From Adam to Christ, who was a carpenter, to Paul, who was a tent maker, all are doing the Lord's work. All the way, that is, until Revelation, when we don't have to do work anymore. In fact, Moses' dying prayer in Psalm 90, verse 17 is, Lord, establish the work of our hands. In fact, he repeats that request twice. You see, for him, the evidence of God's favor was what God did with his people's work. Establish it and make it count. Because it's all the Lord's work. I love this quote that Mark Buchanan points out from Martin Luther, which says, The maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors, lol. The Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because God is interested in good craftsmanship. That woman, right, was about doing the Lord's work. And what I love at their sanctity and honest hard work, there's something in it that pleases not just the eyes of man, but also the heart of God. And he goes on to say this, and this made me chuckle. Any job that is not criminal or sinful, LOL, can be a gift from God, through God and to God. The work of our hands becomes the worship of our hearts. Now, you may be called to business as an entrepreneur or solopreneur. It may be full-time, part-time, or on the side. But no matter what it is, you are called to do your work well. As Colossians 3 tells us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. And yes, when we work hard, it is good to experience that feeling of achievement when we achieve or succeed in something that we've been working towards. But especially, we feel that when it's grounded in knowing that everything is from Him, through Him, and to Him, 
and that our work allows us to display his glory for those who watch us and those we serve. But when does the desire to succeed become an idol? When it becomes about us, when it's from us, through us, and to us. Sure, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, but did you know that that's not talking about doing hard things like work? It's actually about finding our contentment in the moment right where he has us. You see, if we don't worship him in our success, then we claim our achievements as our own and we boast in ourselves, misdirecting our worship to our strength and effort and our hard work, and then become greedy for more. And if we don't worship him in our lack of success, not because of our lack of doing our part or laziness, what happens? We can get discontent with where we are and with little to no to show for it, start seeing ourselves as of little to no value or even blame others or God for why we don't have the level of success that we desire or because we've been stuck so long at the level we currently have. All of that is pointing the spotlight of our work on ourselves, not on him. 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, For consider your calling, brothers. Now, before I finish that, I just want to point out, contrary to what we think or what we're often taught, whenever the word calling is mentioned in Scripture, It's not primarily referring to him calling us to our vocation, but him calling us to himself through salvation. But either way, in both vocation and salvation, it's not our own doing. So when we consider our calling, any success we have from him is from him and for him. And verse 31 reminds us the reason for that is so that the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. So what about you? Does success or achievement have your heart? Here are a few questions to reflect on. In what ways are or have you been tempted to idolize your success, to put it above other things? How can you use your success to glorify God and serve others? And how does Christ's ultimate victory over sin and death for all eternity transform the way you view success and achievement in this life? I hope you take some time to think through those questions. And then, once we know that it's not all about us, or from us, or for us. It could be tempting to work really hard, thinking the harder we work, the more glory he gets. So when can my commitment to my work or business become an idol? Good question. And one that I have struggled with a lot over the years. Because even though I felt called to my work and my business, it didn't have a right place in my heart. And it was affecting everything. My faith walk. Was I doing it for him or with him? My marriage. Was I pursuing my husband as much as that next client? My parenting. Was I present in the moments with my kids under my roof or missing them? My stewardship. Was my money being invested well in all the things I thought would help me grow? My wellness. Was my hystericus globus, that ball sensation in my throat, and that knot in my stomach and inability to sleep coming from pushing so hard? My passions. Did I ever take the time to do other things besides work and refill? And did I even know what those were anymore? And my dwelling. Did my home get neglected because I had more important things to do? You see, I didn't see it then, but I can admit it now. My work and my business was an idol. See if you can relate. I could hardly sit in church without thinking about the tasks I needed to do that week or the person a few rows ahead that I needed to talk to after service. I would give God his 20 minutes of a check-the-box quiet time in the morning and then spend hours upon hours consuming what all the experts had to say that would grow my business. 
I would constantly think about my business, the projects I needed to finish, and the new things I wanted to create, so much so that I was not fully present with the people right in front of me. I was constantly checking emails, social, messenger, texts. I worked to the point of exhaustion most days, actually pushing past the signs that my body and mind were trying to send till too late at night and then wondered why I couldn't sleep. I woke up thinking about my business. I went to bed thinking about my business. And in the in-between, I was always thinking about ways to grow it to be more successful. And you know what? Even with all my hard work, consistency, tenacity, it didn't produce much fruit, especially in relation to all the work that I was putting in or forcing in. I remember many times experiencing extreme frustration, but not to the point of throwing in the towel because I don't give up. For instead, for me, it was to the point of hunkering down even more and working even harder, which didn't solve my problem. It only made it worse. You see, my work and my business had my heart. And it wasn't until God got a hold of my heart, when I finally stopped working so hard and gave up in a good way, that he said, Lissa, Lissa, come to me, my child who is weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. And when I finally stopped working and let him start working on me, everything changed. Now, my time in the word is what fuels my thoughts, feelings, and actions all day, and I start to linger longer with God. Now, my family and friend time matter, and I learn to set boundaries on when I work and when I don't, and intentionally plan time with them. Now, my money is wisely invested, not in all the things, but in the right things that will grow me from the inside out. Now, my health is better because I get out for fresh air and exercise, and I'm sleeping longer and better and fueling my body well. Now, my home is not always so overwhelming because I have routines and rhythms for how I take care of the household needs. Now, my work and business are a joy and a gift, and more importantly, a way that I worship, because there's no way that I could have done all this. And you know what? I've seen exponential growth in both my impact and in the messages I receive from listeners and clients, as well as the income not only in finally being consistent, but consistently growing exponentially beyond what it had been stuck at for the past nearly 10 years. Now, I'm not saying I still don't struggle with my business taking over my heart, but I know much more quickly when it's got too much of my time, my attention, my affection, and when it needs to be assessed and redirected. And oh, it's a joy. Yes, I still work hard, and go above and beyond what I see other podcasters and coaches doing. But it's not from me, through me, or for me. It's all from him, through him, and for him. It's truly a with God business, and it just keeps getting better. Our work is meant to be useful and fruitful, but never to be placed on a pedestal, isn't it? So what about you? Is your work and business an idol of your heart? Here are a few questions to probe your heart deeper. How are you tempted to idolize your work or business by putting it above all else? In what ways are you uniquely created to worship God with your work and business, and how can you use it to bless and serve others? And most importantly, how can you keep work and business in the proper place in your heart? What's the key to it all? It's simple, but it's hard work. Put God first. How? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Here's how to put God first in your work or business. 
linger over your daily CEO board meetings with your chairman of the board and don't do all the talking. Create boundaries and keep them around when you work and when you don't. Slow down your yes to ask what God wants you to do and how it will affect the other areas of your life. Open your Bible, your journal, or your worship playlist before you open your email or your social. Get outside in nature and leave your devices behind as well as your to-dos and just walk and talk with God. End your day by filling up with truth from his word, a good book, a good podcast, a good conversation. And be part of a community of like-minded women who are seeking to lay down the idols of success and work and worship God in what they do above all else. Now, don't get me wrong, this is not a prosperity gospel. I'm not promising that if you do these things, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise. At least, not always by the world's measurement. But God's rewards for work well done, for His glory, far outweighs the trophy, or the certificate, or the a girl that the world can give. And along the way, you just may see you walk a little taller, your audience gets a little larger, and your bank account gets a little fuller. Or a lot. Because God likes to bless those who work hard with and for Him. So, speaking of being in community, here is today's community question. What's one thing that God showed you today that needs to change about your work or business and the place it has in your heart? Don't be shy, because chances are you are not alone. And the Redeem Her Time community is a safe place to lay down the idols of your heart and find help, hope, and healing in putting your success and business in its rightful place together. So, If you're already a member, hop on the app or on your desktop. And if it's your first time, you can join us for free at redeemhertime.com forward slash community, or click the link in the show notes and start growing in life and business with us. And if God stirred your heart today and my story resonated with you because you've been working really hard at making the dreams you have for your business happen, but doing it more on your own strength and in your own wisdom than on his, if you're ready to lay down the random busyness and working really hard for way too long, but not seeing much fruitfulness, if you're ready to truly build a with God business that honors him, because it's from him and through him and for him, then I invite you to take the next step and see if the redeemed midlife CEO is the place he's calling you to grow with a right faith-centered system and support to shift everything about your time and life and business from the inside out, starting with what has your heart. It just takes a few minutes to apply, but I guarantee it will save you hours, days, weeks, months, years of your life when you redeem your work time and build your business with him. Speaking of which, we can't do this without him, so let's pray. Oh God, you know my heart about this topic because you know where I've been. Right now, in this moment, I pray for the woman listening who has a dream on her heart that she thinks is from you but she's exhausted, working really hard, trying to make it happen. Show her where her business has her heart more than you and your desire to be above all else in her life and business. Thank you, Father, for getting my attention and showing me what it looks like to truly build a business that glorifies you and produces fruit for your kingdom. And thank you for the opportunity to share this message that we can work and work well and see success, but it's not by doing it the world's way but doing it your way with you. We cannot and do not want to do it alone any longer. So give us the faith to let go, to trust you, 
and to accept the support that you are putting right in front of us. And I pray for those women in Central Asia, the ones who work really hard day and night with little to no to show for it and no end in sight. May you be their strength and their hope, and may that may they choose for themselves to build a with God life and business that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, I'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, instead of chasing time on a clock, trying to control it, receive the gift of time from the one who truly holds it. Because as his daughter, you have time. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile. And that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing, together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.